We know it's the season for spooky things, but not much is scarier than running out of first aid supplies and basic chicken keeping items on the farm. Honey and Rue is a great way to discover new products and stay stocked up on some of the everyday things you'll need as a chicken keeper. Henny and Rue is a monthly box put together by chicken keepers for chicken keepers and their flock. Each month, you'll receive products that may not be available at your local feed store to help build up your poultry first aid kit, try new treats, and coop products to keep your flock healthy and happy. And there's always a fun gift for the humans, too. So go to honeyandrue.com and save 10% off your first box using code DRINKANDFARM. As a subscriber, you can also visit the honeyandrue.com shop to purchase select items and save 10% off everything. Henny and Rue, better chicken keeping delivered. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. (laughs) Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? So I am drinking a Mad Tree Brewing pump can and it is a spiced ale it's got like this cool jack-o'-lantern thing on it there's for the youtube it's very cool (laughs) it's very cool i like it so festive (laughs) so what are you drinking over there i am drinking out of another crowler Mm. (laughs) from flakes this is cinnamon donut it is a stout and i drank some of it while we watched football this past weekend so i was like "Eh, i should probably finish that before it goes flat so doing it for the podcast i mean that's a great plan that's a great plan yeah i agree (laughs) our drink peep this episode is our friend natalie quist and she is at cloud lover fiber over on the instagram so cheers lady cheers all right so before we dive into today's episode I wanted to remind all of you that we have a really easy October YouTube contest happening. All you have to do is go to YouTube. We'll link to it in the show notes or you just type in we drink and we farm things into YouTube search engine. It comes right up and subscribe to our channel. Yes, that's it. So easy. So (laughs) easy. And you know, you can also get to our YouTube by going to drinkandfarm.com slash YouTube. That will take you straight to our YouTube channel so that you can Uh watch and subscribe. Yes. And we're going to pick one lucky YouTube subscriber to win any piece of apparel from our website. So you get to go on to drinkandfarm.com slash shop and pick something out. And by then, we should have all of our holiday apparel up too. Because I don't know if you Americans have heard, but USPS is purposefully slowing down the mail. Oh, no. Starting now to help slash budget problems. So it's a really good idea to order your Christmas gifts early. That's just a general PSA. Yes. Not even just for our stuff, but you'll want to jump on that. And one lucky YouTube subscriber that wins this contest is going to be able to take advantage of that. So we're very excited to be on YouTube. 
trying really hard to do some cool stuff, like adding in some pictures of things we're talking about. Like in the corn truffles episode, I showed a picture of what my corn looked like and a picture Uh from one of the sources that we um, referenced in our mini-sodes. We had the live-action video of the possessed goat. (laughs) So there's a lot of cool stuff that doesn't really transfer to just not seeing our faces. So if you're into seeing our faces and some fun extras, just go check it out. Yeah, YouTube's a good spot for that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right, now we get to dive into today's episode, which is 14 ways to use your pumpkins. Yay! Yes, because it's that time of year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pumpkins are everywhere! Whether you grew them yourself or you just went a little out of control at the pumpkin patch, you are very Mm. probably Mm. sitting on too many pumpkins right now. (laughs) Yes. So, Bev, did you have a good pumpkin harvest this year? I did. And, you know, I realized I forgot to count my Dickinson pumpkins, but I felt like I did pretty well. I got three of the Muskie de Provence pumpkins, which are those cool, Mm. like, cheese wheel, like, flat pumpkins. Two of them are still finishing on the vine. They're still a little green, so I left those two, but I harvested everything else. And I got over a dozen of the Dickinson pumpkins, which was really good. I mean, I only planted six or seven squash plants altogether, And they basically filled the back of my utility vehicle when I harvested the butternut squash, the Jack B. Littles, the Dickinsons, and the muskies. So, yeah. I feel like I did pretty good. I'm happy considering, like, I did nothing to them. I just planted them, and that was it. (laughs) Which is huge because uh, squash vine borers and squash Mm -hmm. bugs can be a real threat to those kinds of plants. So that is super impressive that they just had the will to live. (laughs) <laughs> they did. I did buy some BT like a month and a half ago. So it was really late to the BT game. So I think the BT kept them alive long enough for things to get ripe. But before that, mm. I didn't do anything. So next year, I'm going to spray earlier and often <laughs> and maybe get yes. even a better harvest. I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah. So what about you? How was your pumpkin harvest? Well, I planted pretty late. So I planted like mid-June. So I still have a lot on the vine out there. I'm going around doing like the fingernail test. Oh, yeah. To see if if pierces are not almost. Well, I probably could pull the rest of my Jack B. Littles at this point because the plants just look sad. Yeah. So I don't know if squash bugs or something got to it, but they do seem ready. But I have like six varieties out there. Nice. And gourds too I did gourds which are super fun I want to do more of those next year but for pumpkins I don't know how many are out there but it's probably got to be like 30 oh my gosh (laughs) that I've like seen uh we let the weeds get out of control this year so next year I didn't realize like how far reaching these plants can be yeah so next year I'm gonna plan a little differently and it's going to, there's going to be even more because I get a bunch of fun seeds from Baker Creek. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I have a bunch from MI Gardener. So it's going to, my husband has no idea <laughs> <laughs> just how serious I'm taking this pumpkin thing. Yeah. So this is, this is going to be great information for this year because I don't know by the time they're ready if I'll be able to put them out by the road and sell them. Probably pretty close to Halloween is my guess, but it kind of depends on that frost too. Yeah. So uh, I might be 
curing a lot of these outside and then storing them in my basement. (laughs) Or doing these fun things that we're going to talk about today. Right. Yeah. Don't forget that if you've got any winter squash gourds and you listen to this list and you're like, I don't have time to do any of those things right now. That's all right. You can store them in your basement. My recommendation is a shelf that has holes in it for airflow so that your winter squashes have airflow all the way around them. Make sure that they're not touching when you put them in there because that way if there's bacteria on one, it doesn't like transfer to them all and then they all get all moldy. Uh, And that's basically it. Like I, I don't normally do a whole lot to my winter squashes. If I have time, I'll put them in the greenhouse secure. But like I didn't have space for that this year. So they all just went straight into the basement. They're on the shelves right now, and there's just a fan blowing on them just to, like, dry up anything around it. And I checked them all really carefully for holes or rotting or anything like that. And anything that had anything on it, I pulled to use right away. That way it doesn't ruin the whole batch. So those are my pre-what-to-do-with-your-pumpkin tips. (laughs) That's number zero. I like it. (laughs) Yes. Because I'll be honest, reading through this list, I was like, these are all great ideas, but, you know, they all take time. So depending on how much time you have to invest into this, you just got to do what's best for you. So today's source is growjourney.com. And the title of this article is basically like, don't toss 14 delicious uses for Halloween pumpkins. So a lot of times I think before I lived on a farm, uh, these would just kind of like go into the dumpster but you don't have to do that. <laughs> and now that That's right. you know both of us live on a farm, it, you know, it gets a little more creative with what you can do. Honestly though, this first one I think most people know about and probably have done. If you haven't, I highly recommend it, and that's roasting your pumpkin seeds. It was pretty dang easy. Yep. And this is a really good first step for reducing your food waste, especially when you're doing the fun activity of carving your jack-o'-lantern. So even if you went to the store, bought a pumpkin, come home, you're carving it, you can do this. You don't have to grow pumpkins to do this one. You can just buy some pumpkins. That's right. (laughs) So pumpkin seeds can be scooped out with a spoon. You kind of want to get all the goopity goop off of them. That's the technical term. Goopity goop. (laughs) (laughs) It does feel like goopity goop. (laughs) Um, Then you toss with a little olive oil and salt and bake, or you can wok fry them, which I haven't tried that before. Mm. But this is a healthy and delicious snack. So you're doing it for your health. Yeah. And for the delicious crunch. I disappointed my 16-year-old very greatly yesterday when I was saving the pumpkin seeds for planting next year instead of roasting them. But I promised him the next one that we cut open, we would roast the pumpkin seeds. (laughs) (laughs) So he was like, oh, you're going to roast them because he saw them all spread out. I was like, no. (laughs) He's like, not this time. Next pumpkin, next pumpkin. (laughs) Yes. All right, the next thing you can do with your pumpkins is you can make pumpkin puree. So not all pumpkins can be used for pumpkin puree. You can kind of tell if they're like those really giant ones. Those tend to have too much water in them. Mm. So like those really big carving pumpkins aren't really for puree. But that doesn't mean that it's not edible. Like you totally still could if you wanted to. But just know that they have a whole lot more water in them. So they're not going to have as much flavor. 
but the smaller varieties and the pie varieties tend to be really good for this. Mm-hmm. And you can do this to your pumpkins after you've carved them, as long as it's within like a couple of days of when you've carved. Oh. Once they get like really icky, you won't want to cook them and use the puree. But like, say you're like me and you're always carving pumpkins like two nights before Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) You can carve the pumpkins really quick. Don't spray them with anything. Don't put any weird stuff on them. Like just scoop and carve, put them on the porch, especially if you live in a cool climate, they'll keep from getting spoiled fast. And then on Halloween day or the day after Halloween, you can bring those jack-o'-lanterns inside and you can make your puree. Or you can do this with just like a whole fresh pumpkin if you want to. So to make your puree, you can bake them at 350. You can cut your pumpkin in half or you can cut it into chunks. The most important thing is that you put your pieces of your pumpkin skin side down on your baking sheet so that your flesh of your pumpkin doesn't stick or get like really nasty or burnt. And parchment paper is pretty helpful here too, because once that pumpkin juice starts leaking all over your pants, it's a pain in the butt to get out. (laughs) Just a heads up. And you will roast them for about 45 minutes to an hour. You can tell when they're ready because you can peel the skin straight off of the flesh and the flesh is really squishy. Like if it weren't hot, you could just scoop your whole hand in there and like pick up handfuls of it. But it's hot. Don't do that. Use a spoon. (laughs) (laughs) Once your pumpkin is roasted, you can separate the flesh from the skin. You can throw the skin into the compost pile, and then the flesh can get put into a food processor, or you can use an immersion blender to puree it. And then once it's pureed, my trick to using fresh pumpkin is you put it in cheesecloth and you hang it over something, let the weight of the pumpkin pull all the moisture out of the pumpkin puree because fresh pumpkin puree has more water in it than canned pumpkin puree. So if you've ever made a pie or a dessert out of fresh pumpkin and found that it didn't stand up to your canned pumpkin, that's why. It's because it had too much water in it. So that cheesecloth trick will totally take care of that for you. The end. (laughs) So the next thing... I think I'm going to have to try this because I've never even heard about it before. But you can pickle your pumpkin rinds. Ooh. sounds weird. But pumpkin pickles are actually, apparently, very tasty, according to this article. And this is a great way to preserve a lot of pumpkin if you have too much to use before it spoils or your freezer is already full of pumpkin puree. There is a recipe included in this article. We can't go through every single recipe. Otherwise, this episode would probably be like two hours long. But make sure you check that out. And if I try it, I will do a follow up on it and maybe talk a little bit more about it. Maybe even do a dive bar on it. We'll see. Yeah. But I like pretty much anything pickled. So this is definitely piquing my curiosity. Oh, yeah. I had pickled watermelon rinds. And it's like my favorite snack. It is so good. So I am imagining that pickled pumpkin rinds is going to be something similar. Mm -hmm. So give it a try. Need to try. Yes. All right. Number four is bake a pumpkin pie. Pretty self-explanatory. This weekend. I did. Oh my gosh, and it turned out so good. The recipe I used this weekend used coconut milk instead of uh, evaporated milk. I didn't have evaporated milk on me anyways. So I went ahead and did the coconut milk. I think I prefer evaporated milk. It's sweeter. But 
I was glad I tried it. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing you can do, obviously, is make your own pumpkin spice latte. <sighs> Basic B level 100. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. A little side tangent. We went to the Renaissance Festival this past weekend. And our favorite, my new favorite thing to do because I am an anxious person and like to be early and not, and I don't like traffic. We got there in the parking lot probably 45 minutes early. And we're not the only ones. And it's really good people watching because everybody's getting out of their cars and putting on their costumes. So it's hilarious. But we went to McDonald's to have some breakfast while we sat in the car. And we're at McDonald's. I'm like looking at their menu and I'm like, do you have any pumpkin drinks? And she's like, no, but that sounds really delicious. (laughs) So if you're like me and you're having trouble locating pumpkin drinks because you live in the middle of nowhere, you can make your own. Like this pumpkin spice latte that actually contains no pumpkin if you get it from other sources. And, you know, at like $5 a cup, you can do it at home a little differently, maybe a little more authentically. So this recipe has two tablespoons of pumpkin puree, half a teaspoon of pumpkin pie spice, plus more for garnish, and then ground black pepper, two tablespoons of granulated sugar, two tablespoons of vanilla extract, two cups of whole milk, one to two shots of espresso, or you can use a third to a half cup of strong coffee, and then a quarter cup of cold, heavy cream whipped into firm peaks. Mm. So this takes a little bit of work, but it's going to be a little cheaper for you. You heat the pumpkin and the spices for about two minutes, so it'll be hot and smelling good. Then you're going to stir in your sugar. Then you're going to warm your milk, put your vanilla in there, make it all blended and yummy. And you can use a hand blender or a traditional blender. And you want it like frothy and blended. And then you mix it all together. And it makes two mugs, this recipe Mm. does. So you can either share or don't. (laughs) But yes, if my directions didn't make a lot of sense, this is also in the article. So make sure you check it out. Yes. And can I go on one more side tangent? Yes, please. Have I ever told you that I worked at Ren Faire when I was in high school? No. What did you do? Were you like the pickle person making inappropriate pickle jokes and putting pickles in people's mouths? No, I did not do that because I was in high school. But I did wear like full (laughs) costume and we pushed the giant rocking horses like someone had built like giant rocking horses that were like, you know, like the size of, I don't know, like a giant tractor. And, you know, people climbed up on the rocking horses and then we like got in the back and we pushed them and rocked the rocking horses. So stayed there for a whole weekend because, of course, Renaissance Fair wasn't anywhere near my small town that I grew up in. So it was like an hour and a half away. So I go there, work for the weekends and... Then go home. Yes, that's my fun run fair experience. The only inappropriate thing I ever did was I once borrowed a baby lamb. Somebody had lambs there. And mm-hmm. I just, I walked around with this baby lamb in my arms all day and I called her lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Which in the 16th century probably would have been lunch. That was correct. Yeah, I was trying to be on period because, you know, it's like some run fairs can be like really like, sticklers about that so <laughs> oh yeah yes did you have the washing well lunches at your run fair i can't remember oh they're my favorite they're so dirty nice <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh good clean fun with wet dirty women is one of their taglines because they wash laundry oh i love it yeah yeah it's so inappropriate it's hilarious <laughs> anyways 
we're done on that tangent. But thank you for that fun fact about yourself because I did not know that. (laughs) We love anything that makes farm chores easier, so we highly recommend you try First Saturday Lime, an effective and organic pest repellent. It's safer and stronger than diatomaceous earth. Did you know diatomaceous earth is made from silica, which can cause respiratory inflammation in humans and animals? DE is essentially ground-up shells that repel by cutting up insects. First Saturday Lime has had the silica burned out of the product and has zero health hazards. First Saturday Lime is safe because it's insoluble and will not react with skin or moisture. They've taken extra lengthy steps to make their formula fine so it's easier to use and more effective. When you use First Saturday Lime, you can be confident that you're making the best choice for you, your animals, and your family. Go to firstsaturdaylime.com and use code DRINKANDFARM at checkout to get 20% off and free shipping. All right, number six of the things you can do with your pumpkins, make pumpkin chili. And this is something I've never thought to do, but... It kind of sounds delicious. There's a really great recipe in this article. Go to the link in the show notes. We're going to say that a lot today. (laughs) But there's a recipe that's got like pumpkin, black beans, and turkey, and it actually looks really good. So I might have to do that this year. Lots of seasonings in it, too. Mm. So, mm -hmm. and I like me a chili in the winter in soups. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to try this. When you eat chili, do you eat it with cornbread or peanut butter sandwiches? (laughs) I've never heard of eating it with peanut butter sandwiches before. So it's usually cornbread. Do you eat it with peanut butter sandwiches? Okay, so I'm from the Southwest. So obviously cornbread was how I grew up (laughs) eating chili. Okay. But in Ohio, you eat chili with peanut butter sandwiches. It is my new favorite thing. It's so good. I just like, I take the sandwich and I just like dip it in the chili and it's amazing. I can't even describe it. So everybody go give that a try too. Oh, gosh, I've never even heard of that before. Okay, well, I'll try it. Next chilly night, do it. Yeah, that'll be next Monday, probably. I'll report back (laughs) if I remember to do it. (laughs) All right, number seven, dehydrate your own pumpkin pie leather. So Mm. this is just like fruit leather, except it's with pumpkin pie pie flavor. And it's great for on the go. So this is an excellent seasonal snack for kids. Great way to train them to be basic from the, you know, the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Raise them right. <laughs> but yes, this is something that I might also try because now I have a little dehydrator. Just sounds kind of messy, but I might try it. It does sound messy, but now that you say that, like, so I forgot to tell everybody down in the puree section. One Dickinson pumpkin made enough, and it wasn't even the biggest one, it was like a small to medium sized one, made enough puree for six pumpkin pies. What? Like, wow. Yeah. I, yeah, my freezer's already full of puree and I've only done one pumpkin. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So keep that in mind. There's that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So fruit leather feels like a more space effective way <laughs> to store your pureed pumpkin. Yes. All right, number eight is bake some pumpkin bread or muffins. Mm. And pumpkin muffins and pumpkin bread are two of my favorite things to have in the fall. They're awesome to have on hand for breakfast or snacks Mm. or whatever. So 
go make some. And bonus, you can add chocolate chips to them and it makes them even better. And I can attest to that. It's true. (laughs) Yes. Number nine is probably where most of my pumpkins will go this year. You can share your pumpkins with your animals. So if you don't like pumpkin very much or you just find that you only want the one or two pumpkin pies, you can share it with your pets. Because many animals, such as chickens, pigs, even dogs, can have pumpkin. Just be sure to do your research. Maybe talk to your vet before, you know, you give it to your doggo. Because you just never know. But yeah, (laughs) funny, funny story. We have so many little stories today, but I like it. Fancy grew her own pumpkin this year. My goats did too. Yeah, did they poop and create a (laughs) pumpkin plant? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they made six pumpkins out in the field, and they ate them all. Whoa! (laughs) Overachievers. So, um, obviously, we give our goats and our cows pumpkins. I don't know. Do donkeys eat pumpkin? I tried to give it to the donkeys, and they weren't into it. Okay. Nope. They ate the seeds, but they weren't into the flesh. Okay. Well, good news is that you can give your farm animals these treats, and they like them. My chickens really like them, too. But, yeah... We tend to scoop Fancy's poop and throw it over the fence. So poop didn't make it very far. And the pumpkin plant like grew through the fence. And there's a pretty good sized pumpkin just growing. So I'm just letting it go as long as it's not making the fence sag. Which I should probably go check on it again. (laughs) But once it's ready, I'm just going to smash it for her right there in her field so she can enjoy it. But she's done such a good job. Um, but it makes me wonder, the poop that I flung, like, way far out, maybe there's a bunch of pumpkin plants back there, and I just don't even know it because they don't go back there, like, at all. And I'm trying not to go back there. There totally could be. Yeah, I don't want to scare the deer because my husband hunts back there. But <laughs> but I should go look, and maybe I'll just be surprised. <laughs> all right, number 10 is you can make pumpkin butter. Oh, and pumpkin butter. Oh, my gosh, I do, too. If you've ever had apple butter but not pumpkin butter... I highly recommend you go get some pumpkin butter. You can make it in the crock pot. Like, it's so easy. It's literally one of those things. You just, like, chunk up the pumpkin and put the spices in the crock pot and let it sit just like you do apple butter. So easy to make. And you can use it on so many things. Like, I use it on pumpkin pancakes, (laughs) on toast, (laughs) on, oh, my gosh, bread with Nutella and pumpkin butter Mm. on it. Yeah, just, yeah, go to town with the pumpkin butter. You won't be sad. Throw it on vanilla ice cream. I mean, gosh. Gosh, I didn't even think about ice cream. I just keep yelling things for pumpkin butter. Well, <laughs> we got pumpkin butter from Blake's because they just don't do hard cider. Like, they're an orchard. But we got some pumpkin butter from there, and we put it, like, in the pancakes, and then I put apple butter apple butter on top of the pancakes. So we got, like, best of both worlds. Mm. Oh, it's so good. So good. That's called, like, the fall, like... I don't know what to, I don't even know what to say. I can't make up anything fast enough. The fall orgy. (laughs) Yes, it's the fall orgy breakfast. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, number 11. You can make homemade ravioli if you're very, very ambitious. This one might be a bit much for me. (laughs) But you can replace butternut squash with pumpkin in any squash ravioli recipe you find on the interwebs. Mm. I'm sure it's probably really good. And I don't know. Sometimes I get really ambitious in the winter when I can't be outside and do stuff. So maybe 
if I freeze some puree or something, like I might try it. Have you ever done that before? Yeah. So I haven't. I've used pumpkin to make spaghetti sauce Ooh. for like raviolis and tortellinis. I've already bought the raviolis and tortellinis. I have made raviolis once because I have a pasta maker and I have the book Pasta Pretty Please, which I absolutely love that book, by the way. So if anybody doesn't have it, go get that. And I totally agree with you. The weather, I find that I am more ambitious in the kitchen, mm-hmm. depending on the weather. Like yesterday was a rainy day. So during the break was when we harvested all the squashes. And then once it started raining again, we were stuck inside. So that's why I was able to process a pumpkin and make a pumpkin pie. Otherwise, it's still October, so it's still warm enough for... Yes outside stuff I would have been outside working and doing something else but because it was a rainy day I thought might as well enjoy a little taste of what my winter life is going to be like and I loved it by the way so (laughs) all right number 12 is make pumpkin pancakes for breakfast or dinner because look I'm not going to limit you to pumpkin pancakes once a day I'm just not going to do it I'm sorry no and breakfast (laughs) for dinner is a nice change up sometimes yeah, I think that the kids call me a fun mom when I do breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Yep, I'm pretty sure that that, yeah. that rises me on the fun on the mom letter. And who doesn't <laughs> want to be a fun mom, at least on occasion? Yeah, I mean, I try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this next one I'm definitely going to have to try. Pumpkin coffee cake. I love coffee cake. I need that recipe. Yes, well, lucky for you, it's mm-hmm. in the article. Like the other ones. <laughs> oh, good. And I did go look at it. Thank goodness. <laughs> it doesn't look that difficult, but there were enough steps where I didn't want to read it out loud to everybody. But it looks real good. <laughs> All right. And the very last one, number 14, we can celebrate all things pumpkin with pumpkin champagne. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited about this. So people from the actual Champagne region of France would definitely stone us if they heard us calling sparkling wine made from American pumpkins champagne. <laughs> but we're going to call it champagne for the time being because we're rebels. Yes, and we like to be fancier <laughs> than we actually are. <laughs> I mean, champagne just sounds fancier than sparkling yeah. wine. I'm sorry, Champagne France. <laughs> yeah. mm. So there is a recipe in this article, so go to the article in the show notes and get the recipe because there is some equipment that you need in order to create it and store the champagne right. Like you need legit champagne bottles and stuff like that because you don't want your hard work to explode and make a huge mess. Plus, you'll be sad if you don't get to celebrate the end of pumpkin season with pumpkin champagne if you went through all that work of making it. (laughs) I know. I feel like I want to, I am not going to be ambitious enough to do this this year, but I want to try to locate some (laughs) or somebody. Somebody makes it and wants to send it to us. We can give you that address to do that. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. One idea, I'm assuming that it uses puree of some kind. I haven't looked at the recipe yet, so I might be speaking out of turn here. But if you freeze some of your pumpkins for this year, you can make your pumpkin champagne, you know, like in July or June or Mm -hmm. however long it needs to ferment and get bubbly. And then you can start celebrating the beginning of pumpkin season with pumpkin champagne with just a bit of work done up front. So there you go. And that's it. Yay. Yay. So if you have a different way to use your pumpkins that we did not talk about, you can drop that in our Facebook group at We Drink and We Farm Things over on Facebook. 
That's why it's Facebook group. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Join if you haven't already. We have a lot of fun in there. And we could always use more ideas because we shouldn't limit ourselves to these 14 if more exist. Oh, I'm sure that there's 11 billion. 11 billion sounds pretty accurate. I want to hear the other 10... 11 D billion. I can't do that math. No. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> we've been mind. drinking. I was going to minus 14. <laughs> I was going to minus 14 from 11 D billion, but uh, I give up. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you're the one that's good with numbers. So <laughs> it's impossible. All right. So now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. So, Bev, what can't you even about this week? All right. So I decided to do something new this month. Mm-hmm. I've been going live on Instagram, which I kind of can't even that I've been willing to do that. But I'm I'm in our ghost walk this year and I'm running for school board. So I'm just like throwing myself out there yes. <laughs> into the world this month. And so I was like, you know what? Instagram live cannot be any scarier than those two things. <laughs> no, no. And I find it Instagram live a little less threatening than Facebook personally, because I really don't know a lot of people that follow me on Instagram. But everybody on Facebook, I pretty much know. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, it's mostly strangers or like people that I haven't met in person that are watching me on Instagram. Although my mom did watch it the other day, which is really cool. I saw she was on there the whole time. So I like it. (laughs) But what my can't even is about is on this third Instagram live that I did this last Friday. I came up with the idea to do a winter sew challenge because someone, and her name is Deanna, and she actually has a podcast. She has two podcasts. One of them is the Accidental Farm Podcast, and the other one is Talk Farm to Me. So you can go check out her podcast if you would like. She had asked me how she could get off her butt to do something with her greenhouse this winter because she's just been having trouble motivating herself to go do that. And so it was like, and she said, so can you like give me a challenge or something to do that? And I was like, yeah, sure, Dana. I will make up a challenge just for you. <laughs> but I sent it out for everyone else, too. <laughs> and so if you want to be a part of the challenge, you just use hashtag winter so challenge on Instagram, post it in your feed, in your squares. I'll go comment on them and like them and all of the good things. But you also get entered to win a cool pack of seeds from me at the end of the month. So I've already got like a giant list of seeds that are going to go to the winner. So I won't tell you all of them now because it's a bunch of them. (laughs) But I also said that if I got 100 people to use the hashtag this month, that I'd buy you one of our Drink and Farm shirts, just like as a thank you for playing along. And it's the one that says, um, the seeds you don't sow, don't grow, because it's the winter sow challenge. Oh, that's so appropriate. So appropriate. Yes, so appropriate. <laughs> yes. So tell me what you're growing this winter. Use hashtag winter so challenge. You'll get entered to win seats and you'll get entered to win a shirt if we get a hundred of them. So that's it. It'll be fun. And I'm excited to see who wants to grow stuff during the winter because there's so many options for winter growing. And I always bring it back a notch in the winter because I'm not trying to like totally overextend myself. Right. But there's something about like eating that fresh salad or harvesting like that little bit of green mm-hmm. or getting your fingers in the dirt, even if it's just like a pot inside your windowsill. This feels really good mm-hmm. during the winter. So I wanted to encourage other people to have those feelings. You don't have to like do a whole on basement garden. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. But like, you know, one pot with some kale in it, that's, you know, like frost hardy or whatever. Like that'll still feel really good. Yeah. So. Do what you can. Join me for the winter so challenge. So that's it. All right. So Sam, what is your can't even this week? 
So mine, I'm actually going to click on it and open it so I get all the factoids right. And I will put a picture of this up in YouTube so people can see. But the Guinness World Records recognizes Rainy as world's shortest cow ever. So, Oh, the shortest cow ever. Yes. So this was a two-year-old Bhutanese or Bhuti cow, and it lived in Bangladesh, but it died last month, sadly. But this cow measured 50.8 centimeters, which is 20 inches in height, and weighed just 26 kilograms, which is 57 pounds. So this, this... Cow is probably the size of ham pickles, like my my miniature pig that I have. Yeah. Oh my gosh, ham pickles. <laughs> He's got so many nicknames, and he I sing to him every day in the barn too. He loves it. Actually, I think he just loves his oh, dinner I and breakfast. It. But I pretend like he loves my singing. That's okay. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. So this cow actually sadly died from overeating which is super sad when she had gas accumulation in her stomach and maybe her size didn't really help out for that either. But there is a really cute video of this cow running around. So make sure you click on the link in the show notes to go look at that. If I can, I'll also add it into the YouTube (laughs) because it's super cute. But yeah, so I just couldn't believe that an actual cow is 20 inches tall like that's not even two feet yeah that's tiny oh my gosh that is like a little pocket cow yeah poor thing rest in peace rainy you cute little booty mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so make sure you send us your can't evens the best place to do that is on our facebook group we drink and we farm things just hashtag it can't even because facebook is a little funny with me trying to find those and i try to save them as soon as you all post them But sometimes I'm just not that fast because life happens. So don't be offended if we miss yours. But we do try really hard to find them. We like to talk about those on our mini-sodes that we record once a month. So you get a special shout-out and we talk about what you shared. So yeah, make sure you do that. And be sure and leave us a review because we read one Apple Podcast review on this podcast per a week. And then you get entered into a drawing for an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. So make sure you leave your Instagram handle in the review so that we can find you when we announce you as the winner. So we have a new series over on our Patreon called Straight No Chaser. I guess it's really not that new at this point. But new compared to how long we've been doing this podcast. But if you want to take advantage of that, all you got to do is be a patron at the $5 level or above. This is a great way to support the podcast and get a little something, something extra from us. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash drink and farm and either upgrade from a lower level to the $5 level or just sign up in general. So also be sure and hit the subscribe button or the follow button and download the episode when you listen, because doing those two things helps more people like you find the podcast. So it's a great free way to support the podcast if you love listening to it. And do us a favor and share that you're listening to this episode over in your Instagram stories and make sure you tag at drink and farm. We're going to send you a promo code just for that episode. That'll give you a percentage off in our shop. Which you want to do, because our fall stuff is super cute. And it's been selling like hotcakes, so thank you if you already ordered. Because we do a little happy dance 
every time you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every single time. Yes. <laughs> so take a look at the show notes. You'll find the link to the article we discussed. Anything else we happen to mention that we thought you could use? A survey to tell us how we're doing. All of our social media goodness and our merch shop. A link to our merch shop so you can buy all that awesome yes. merch that's selling like hotcakes. Yes. <laughs> So that's it. Yeah, that's it. We hope you enjoyed the 11 billion ways to use pumpkins. Yes. And until next time. Drink. Farm. And give zero clucks. <laughs> Bye now. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm Variety is the spice of life, which is why we highly recommend My Pet Chicken, because they have so much to offer. You can order day-old chicks and waterfowl, chicken supplies, hatching eggs, and there's a wealth of information on their website. Our favorite part about My Pet Chicken is that you can put together your dream chick order without any breed minimums to make your egg basket super colorful. So go to mypetchicken.com slash drinkandfarm to put in your chick, duckling, or gosling order. That link lets them know that we sent you, and it's a great way to support the podcast while fulfilling all of your poultry addiction needs.